Our gospel begins with this line. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly. Which Jesus was telling them that? The divine nature of Jesus or the human nature? We have the term hypostatic union in the church to describe Christ's divinity and humanity contained in a single form. Now, it's easy for me to grasp his divinity, for we hear of his miracles constantly, but I often take for granted his humanity. He was a savior like us in all things but sin, it says. So how much do we contemplate the Lord's humanity? The divine side of Jesus knew that he was to be expiation for, sh for sin, but speculate with me about how much detail he knew before the passion took place. Even if he did know everything, I'm sorry, even if he didn't know everything, he knew enough to ask for this cup of suffering to pass if it was his father's will. As a child, did he know? Did he wake up as a youth sometimes just to hear a voice whisper to him in his head, you were born to die? As the seasons changed in Galilee during his last year and the first cooler winds of the fall started to roll in, did Jesus feel his days numbered? As he performed his ministry, with each healing he did and person he set free from sin, did he know that his time was drawing to an end? Did he know of the impending scourging? Did his hands and feet ache in anticipation of the iron shafts to be driven through his skin. The first verse had me contemplating the Lord's humanity and how he handled stress. Let's just say that Jesus knew everything beforehand that was going to happen to him. Would that have made it easier? The fear of the unknown or the fear of knowing exactly what to expect? Which is worse? Even if we know exactly what to expect, we may not know how we will handle it when it comes. Both knowing and not knowing what is to come is daunting. When there is something on my calendar that I am dreading, I know it affects my whole life, usually because I am subconsciously focusing on it. And then it affects my mood, and I am more irritable. Being more irritable since I feel powerless to control the outcome, I am more prone to be short-tempered with people or uncharitable. That's because fear chases love out of our hearts. What a temptation it must have been for Jesus to despair, to get fearful, to be bitter as he made his way towards Jerusalem. But through all his anticipation and trials, he was perfect. He was peaceful showing us a better way. Jesus spent his life preparing for the passion. His graceful actions in the most difficult times of struggle show us this. Now it's worth noting how Jesus dealt with stress. How many times do we hear about him in his ministry going off to a secluded place to pray? Connection with the Father is key in times of high stress. Without prayer, we cannot hope to fare well. For perfect love casts out all fear, it says in the scriptures. So spending time with the source of love itself, God the Father, chases fear out of our hearts. At the culmination of anxiety for the life of Jesus, 
we find him again at prayer in the Garden of Agony. He is plagued with such great anxieties that his capillaries in his skin burst and he sweats blood. You think your panic attacks are bad? Have you ever been there? When life is not going well, many people find it difficult to pray. They feel as if God isn't listening or won't. I would imagine part of the agony in the garden was due to these feelings. Feelings of abandonment were clear on the cross as Jesus quotes the prophet Elijah, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Maybe the stress felt in the garden was partially caused by praying while feeling disconnected from any higher power. Listen to the words of the first reading with me, but this time hear them with the pain that they are delivered by the speaker. He is praying to the Lord and he says, You duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. You were too strong for me and you triumphed. All the day I am the object of laughter. Everyone mocks me. Has being Catholic ever gotten you made fun of? Has it ever put you in an awkward political situation at work? Do you ever feel judged after stating in a loving manner what the church teaches? So did Jeremiah the prophet. The reading continues. Whenever I speak, I must cry out in violence, and outrage is my message. The word of the Lord has brought me derision and reproach all the day. How many times have you endured hardship and in response complained about it? Or even went so far as to threaten someone in your head or out loud? Or if they don't do what I want, I'm gonna. Maybe we have endured hardship for the gospel and we no longer want to be a Christian. The first reading continues in that way. I say to myself, I will speak his name no more. I will not mention him. It's okay to pour out your bad feelings to the Lord in prayer. Now, return with me to speculating about the Lord before the Passion. Think back in the Gospel when someone asks him, What is the greatest commandment, teacher? He says it is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. He then follows it up that to love your neighbor as yourself is the second of the commandments. Jesus in the agony of the garden acts in accord with what he first teaches about the commandments. He first turns to the Father in prayer. We've established that. But after that, he goes to look for support among his community, his followers, his friends. And they are all asleep. But notice, the first commandment to love God and spend time with him, Jesus exemplifies this. The second is to love your neighbor. And Jesus looks to his friends for support. Jesus goes back and forth from prayer with his father to looking for support among his followers in and out of the furnace of prayer in the time of trial. Once, twice, finally, after the third time in prayer, he returns to his followers and his resolve is set. The guards are in sight. The hour for him to be glorified is at hand. His purpose for living is coming to fruition. I wonder if that decreased the fear. I wonder if that decreased the temptation to despair that it wouldn't be worth it. 
Getting over the fear of an impending pain is one thing. Knowing that we would still choose sin after everything he was going to endure, though, must have been devastating. That mental weight may have been a heavier burden than any impending physical pain. Knowing that after he suffered and died, some of us would still walk away. How heartbreaking. In time of immediate crisis, or if something is a long way off but we still fear it, my advice is to follow the example of Jesus. He went to pray often to reconnect with the source of peace. In time of great stress and the greatest stress, he prayed first and then surrounded himself with his faithful friends. We should do the same, knowing that we will draw strength in time of joy and trial from both sources. And like Jesus, we should try multiple times, not just once. We should work to develop a relationship with the Lord in prayer. We should also work to develop friendships in the faith with those people who will support us. Jesus tells us we must pick up our cross and follow him. But he doesn't say that we have to do that alone. First, we should pray to find peace and be strengthened. Then, we should bring that peace and strength to everyone we can.